1: Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek the Next Conversation. Uh once again, I must remind you all it's the greatest Star Trek podcast in the history of all Star Trek podcasts. I'm Matt. I'm
2: Andy. And I'm slowly coming to terms with what that means to me.
0: Hmm. What does it mean? I'm Matt. I'm Andy.
1: Uh Dax uh just just like seemed to willy-nilly just pick this woman up today.
0: I, that was like one of these moments that uh, that uh, you're often uh, mocking me for that I'm like, wait a minute, Are Trill, do Trills have super strength? Is that a thing? Is that one of the things?
1: Well, it's funny because I saw it and I was like reminded of the scene in Strange New Worlds where yeah. one of the characters is carrying another character and that reveals that the character is super duper strong. Right. And I was just like, oh, the character's carrying that character. Cool didn't think anything of it and then I watched this one and I'm like is Dax super strong <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really I guess it's a testament to uh, to the actress playing Melora how light she must have been Or or that or how how uh, uh, oh, I think, I think I, Terry uh, Terry Farrell I think she's probably super is. strong yeah I mean that was it's impressive
1: yeah I agree Anyway, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to tell you if you should watch the episode for anything beyond <laughs> what we just said.
3: Andy,
2: would you have them watch this episode?
0: <laughs> of course. Terry Farrell holds a person. gravity gravity. <laughs> holds
1: a person.
0: <laughs> I really blew that one.
4: <laughs>
0: Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I mean, if you
1: want to see Quark responsible for another death, yes. Cork's always getting innocent people killed accidentally.
0: <laughs> I mean, he did a lot of corrupt things on the road to that. I mean,
1: yes, but also, like... I don't know why Odo didn't take the threat more seriously, but that's beside the point. We'll get into it. It's fair.
0: Wait, does that guy die?
1: The guy that um, he was trading the latinum with.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy dies. That yes. guy gets, yeah. Um. Although, well, the
1: guy him. shoots
0: him, right? Yeah. Now we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll just get to it yeah. when we get to it. Um. And then Quark says he already killed somebody, so you better do what he says.
1: He, when he, he says when it, right. about, yeah.
0: However, he shoots then Malora later, and she seems okay, so I don't know if yeah, it was but a stun thing. That,
1: she's got all that Bashir juice in her. So
0: <laughs> that would protect yeah. her? <laughs> it's a bad branding by Bashir, but I guess appropriate <laughs> for what Bashir would call it. You gotta get some of my juice in you.
4: Welcome to the
0: Admiral's
1: Club. Welcome. Here we are at the Admiral's Club. There's plenty of Bashir juice in here.
0: Would any of you like my juice?
1: Andy, what do people have to do to get in the Admiral's Club?
0: Well, my. <laughs> I can... I've only heard you do hundreds and hundreds of them. <laughs> I always tune out, though. So. Well, just head over to Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a five-star uh-huh. review. It doesn't matter whether nice. you give us a good review or a bad review, as long as you give us five stars. And uh, Matt, uh, yes. who are we admitting to the Admirals Club this week? Well, that's a,
1: first of all, great intro. Second of all, that's a question only you can answer. That's
0: Andy. so true, man. I don't know why I, I turned it on you. From Rita, you mind? uh. Huh. Uh Rita says five stars. Would eat e-... sounds like a an Italian psychic. That's uh that's true. I you mind. <laughs> you, oh, see? you see already
1: offensive right at the top. <laughs> Hey, I'm a quarter offensive. <laughs>
0: a quarter offended, you mean? Yeah. That's what I meant. My mother's half offended. <laughs> um i i think i said you before but we got off on a on a big tangent uh there's stuff in uh, today's sounds for later um Um, so uh anyway uh reading your mind says uh five stars would eat here again i really appreciate that yes thank you It means we're preparing a a wonderful content meal hopefully Um,
1: better than that klingon restaurant
0: yeah I guess it makes sense Bashir's an an adventurer he wants all those worms (laughs) Um, Simolson88 says best Star Trek podcast Keeping with uh, Matt's recurring new claim. Yes. The best Star Trek podcast, in parentheses, according to Matt. If you need more convincing to listen to this podcast, then you probably need to read someone else's review. Oh, and don't forget about Odo and Morn. Uh, My nipples, signed lovingly, Sean from Illinois.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a true listener right there.
0: Uh, And then we have a five star review from acting COO of. ASA, and he's going to school specific acting, right? Yes. Lumsden. Um, so this was an interesting one. <laughs> he said, uh, "Hopeful entry to the Admirals Club." So Matt clearly called out at the beginning uh, that this these reviews could be anywhere. Uh mm-hmm. bathroom this is, that, I believe, rolling on the floor laughing, and then there's AMO at the end. What does AMO stand for? Rolling on the floor laughing, is it? It's not my ass off. Um, Anyway, classic. I've posted this uh, on my task wall on the 16th floor in a building with approximately 600 employees, but most people stick to their own floor. Maybe I'll add it as a picture for my Microsoft Teams profile. Uh, always looking forward to the pod Uh, you guys awesome and then it's this big (laughs) dry erase board of a bunch of different tasks and in the middle of it it says five stars Star Trek The Nice Conversation the only podcast out there that matters funny witty knowledgeable sarcastic engaging thanks for the content Matt and Andy and there's a picture of the Enterprise
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so, that's great. Enjoy I'll, the Admirals Club. Oh, Thank you for leaving that five star review on the floor that some people may or may not journey to.
0: Maybe I'll post that on the Instagram since uh, since it's non chronological.
1: Uh, if there are trade secrets on the whiteboard, beside you know what I mean. Oh just...
0: uh, yeah, that's true. Well, he he sent it in. It's on Greg. but there's a formula for transparent aluminum on there. Yeah, I mean this would be the right era. Actually, it'd be long after the era. Where's our transparent aluminum? Um, I guess
1: I guess now in the correct timeline it was invented in 1986.
0: Yeah, so we should have long had it. <sighs> Man, you're right. Um what am I doing? Oh, uh uh why don't we just uh, uh talk about the Dipole? Last week's Dipole. Uh we are now taking crew ratings in the Patreon um, to see what your Andes are, um, from our statistician, Lieutenant Commander uh, Tristan Luther Robbins.
1: Give it try oh, I'm again. sorry. Are you you're waiting? Oh for no, I
0: report. thought you were you were giving. You had a look. You're just doing the uh, today sounds. So uh, so here's the poll. Uh, it's not closed yet, but uh, here's sort of the overview for Cardassians, uh, episode two, sorry, season two, episode five, uh, last episode. Um, Me and Matt had collectively given it a 7. Matt gave it a 7, Andy's. Uh, I gave it 7, Andy's also. IMDb's collective uh, score is 7.5, a little bit higher. And um, our crew in the Patreon uh, rated it a 7.2, with 35% of you uh, voting for a 7. So everybody's pretty solidly, I would say, possibly... Uh, unparalleled in the short time we've been doing this uh, agree uh, in the vicinity of a seven (laughs) for Cardassians with that said uh, why don't we uh, check in uh, to the presidents so to the uh, (laughs) the president circle lounge Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm
1: Hi, everybody. It's the President Circle. What is the President's Circle? Where do I become a patron of the President's Circle? Well, funny, you should ask. It's patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. That's where Andy and I do extra podcasts every single month. We're going through Strange New Worlds as it airs right now. We just had an episode drop uh, yesterday because, surprise, Comic Con weekend, they decide to toss an episode out there. And Andy and I saw the Delta signal in the sky and we slid down our respective uh trek poles
0: (laughs) came out in uniforms
1: came out in uniforms and and sat in front of zoom and recorded an episode that like i mean honestly andy and i uh, uh,
0: (laughs) you know we watched it (laughs) that stepped gingerly through that that minefield
1: (laughs) i just want everyone to know that if you liked that episode of star trek strange new worlds with the lower decks crossover Mm -hmm. i'm fucking delighted for you and that's awesome it's awesome i love i love relics from tng i get it so good on you everybody
0: if you want to hear our further thoughts, um, uh, check in if with Patreon. If you want,
1: like, what I would describe as a, a negative spin, <laughs> unintentionally, and I, Andy, and I were talking about it before we started recording today. We both feel bad about it somehow. <laughs> we want to like everything that you guys like. If you want to have hear us go through a two and a half hour existential crisis, <laughs> uh, you're welcome to head over to Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC
0: we got a lot of other content over there too We're going through voyagers we got enterprises you know, stuff that's unrelated to uh that but and probably yeah, we'll be yeah, in yeah. back in a better headspace next week even on strange new worlds which we love yeah for now let's focus on something positive it's really actually i don't even know how positive it is uh because the uh, the uh, these opinions are are more critical of uh The uh, Cardassians episode of DS9 But I think with good reason Um, These are our Christopher Pike Medal Valor awardees for the previous Week uh, which are uh, Sort of you know dig through The hail bag and uh, see if any uh, Hail stand out um, As worthy of uh, special Recognition Uh, This one is from Lieutenant Kevin Quinn uh, Who first said I'm going to listen to the podcast before I give my Detailed thoughts on the matter But speaking as an adopted parent myself, sorry, adopted person myself, I found Cisco's and the DS9 writer's decision at the end of this episode to be extremely dismaying. And then here was the breakdown that Kevin later put. Uh, obviously, this is a horrible situation for all involved. This wasn't an orphan child or a child willingly placed for adoption by the birth parents. This is a victim of kidnapping, who was forcibly taken from his birth father and surreptitiously placed for adoption as an act of political sabotage. Sabotage. In the uh, so in a vacuum. Cisco's decision to return custody to his birth father makes a great deal of sense since the birth father never relinquished his custody of his son, either legally or morally. And let's face it, neither father seems like an ideal caretaker. The Bajoran adoptive father is not at all respectful of his son's birth heritage, and the boy's self-loathing bears that out. Meanwhile, his birth father seems far more interested in the state of his own political career than the well-being of his long-lost son. All of this makes for an interesting dilemma and for about 90% of the episode I thought it did a good job presenting this very complicated situation while acknowledging that there is really no easy solution. So I would have been willing to accept Cisco's decision except for one thing. As you guys pointed out This boy is pretty damn old, old enough to express his own wants and needs very clearly. And despite the fact that this child isn't at all shy about expressing his desire to stay with his adoptive father, Sisko seems to go out of his way to disregard the boy's wishes. Now, it's fair to say that the boy's wishes have probably been to some degree warped by the adoptive father. Again, his self-loathing is evidence of that. And I do think that the rights of the birth father need to be respected and that the old wrong of this child's kidnapping needs to be rectified in some way. But to simply hand this child back to his birth father without any transition of custody, without any mental health support, without taking into account this boy's own wants and needs whatsoever, frankly, I found it to be extremely, an extremely disheartening decision by Cisco. It'd be one thing if Cisco had insisted that the Bajoran adoptive father remain a significant part of the child's life, if only over comms as an emotional lifeline. Instead, Cisco is ripping this kid away from the man who raised him and forcing him to live with a total stranger. Yes, the birth father deserves to have his son back. I'm not saying he doesn't. But what's done is done. Returning this child in this incredibly abrupt and callous way doesn't undo the trauma that was inflicted inflicted on any of these characters. All it does is inflict more trauma. As a first-time DS9 viewer, I've always been aware of Sisko's reputation as a commander who's willing to make the hard decision and get his hands dirty for the greater good. But Sisko seemed far more eager to stick it to Gul Dukat than he was interested in finding some kind of compromise solution That was actually best for his child, uh, for the child. Yes, Cisco has the Federation's interest to consider, but is undermining Goldicott, really worth destroying this young boy's life. I know my own personal experience is influencing uh, my view of the matter, but still.
1: Uh, I love that perspective. I I, I do like hearing from people who have... You know, if the episode's about something, people have experienced that. I love hearing from them. It's interesting because when I was thinking about it, he is four years old when he's separated from his father. Yeah, and Henry is four years old.
0: Yeah, and he's asking and I'm to like, be adopted and I'm like, by a Bajoran.
1: He, sh- I mean, I mean, if he knows what's good for him. <laughs> um, but like, and like, I the idea that i haven't made a lasting impact on my son at this point right the fucking amount of legwork i've put in yeah that's disheartening to me
0: <laughs> yeah anyway i mean at least you'll have his little
1: but i felt i also felt i felt for the i felt for the kardashian dad as you're supposed to in the episode like i
0: felt well that's why it's effective yeah but I, even as we're watching i had the same feeling that kevin is kind of getting at with mental health of just like as i remember There didn't even seem to be anything of like, all right, well, you'll be able to be in contact with the Bajoran father or spend some time. Yeah. It was just like, you know. no sort of
1: moment with the boy afterwards either.
0: No. It's it's like the main issue of the episode was how to resolve it diplomatically. And then once after it was resolved diplomatically, like... Mm -hmm. The effect on the child was unimportant. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I guess uh, uh, O'Brien was uh, more more invested in the child after his all of his nasty things about Cardis. Um, and then Elizabeth Story, uh, another uh, Medal of Valor uh, winner, um, adds to Kevin's hail. Uh, Please know that my comment is from the perspective of a mother of two adopted children that are different races uh, than my husband and myself. My son was adopted through foster care, is native Alaskan, and we have an open adoption with his birth parents. My daughter is from China and she was uh, found abandoned at a police station. We adopted her through an international adoption agency. While watching the show, it really made me think about my daughter and honestly was upsetting to see this disappointing and problematic portrayal of international adoption. The fact that they made... Rugel's father unlikable and defensive reinforced the misconception that adoptive parents are inherently untrustworthy or potentially harmful to their children it really oversimplified the complexities surrounding adoption such as rugel's identity and feeling of belonging i understand i am very sensitive to the subject and that it was not the only storyline in the show however it really hit home my daughter had many similar feelings of internalized racism during COVID where she was embarrassed to be Chinese and would ra- would hide behind her hoodie and her mask. Oh, gosh, that's so sad. Uh, and unfortunately, there were incidents of peers and even adults who gave her nasty looks and actually said mean things to her. Oh, and she was all of 12 years old at the time. This makes me want to go out and punch somebody. Um, it was horrible and got to the point where she didn't want to leave the house. Luckily, we've come out the other side and things are better. However, even the thought of her going to a different country and family because things were difficult here in America brings up feelings I can't even begin to express. I understand that Rugel was kidnapped and kept hidden away from his father, which is a horrible crime that needs to be addressed, but just shoving him back into a culture and family that he doesn't know or identify with is cruel. Again, I know I read way too much into this, but it was hard for me not to.
1: I mean, it sounds like you read exactly what you're supposed to read into it. It's a very valid opinion.
0: I mean, up to a point. It is interesting that they did address a lot of the things, the appropriate things about racism and such in the, uh, or prejudice in general, in the in the episode, and then sort of rush through it at the end when it's sort of a key moment. Um but thank you for uh for hailing us Elizabeth. You know, it's
1: interesting is like I'm still I'm still not even clear on how having this son brought back into his life would politically damage him.
0: Was the idea that he was the one who said forget about the orphans, the Cardassian orphans. Like, don't go back in. Like, let's rush out. And that's what Gul ducat's argument is. Like, I think we should but stay
1: then, here. So, gold kind of like some sort of gray knight here?
0: That's how gold Ducat is trying to present. What do you mean, gray knight? Just like
1: meaning like ambiguous it's you know, not good to kidnap a child but also it is good to shine a light on the fact that this guy wanted to abandon all the orphans
0: well golducott isn't in reality because we know the real reason Ducat was doing any of this was just to maintain political power over bajor or, or military right. power over bajor but uh the way Ducat is presenting it is like i was saying we should stay there for the orphans and he right. said we should get off and then, as a result, he lost his own son. Um, I think it's the argument. It's not, it's not a really great cold Dukat voice that I'm doing there. No, it was perfect. I thought he was here. Okay, great, thanks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, just just to give the appropriate uh, the appropriate weight to the the hail, uh, Elizabeth, that's incredibly upsetting. Uh, I hope uh, I hope your daughter's doing well and came through that okay uh, that's just so uh, really it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about her going through that um, and uh, I think all it's of your points are valid gross yeah
1: and it makes me really not happy with people yeah but um, again there's good people on both sides no, i stop, no said stop this. tagging they're with they're that like, hey, Matt Matt right, do you hey, understand you're <laughs> enforcing <laughs> the wrong
0: person's perspective <laughs> uh you're talking about the guy who went after the, a- the way, asian reporter and implied that it was her pro- her fault that's
1: it's never not going to be funny to me to say there are good people on both sides <laughs> and for you to try to wave me up. <laughs>
0: um anyway those are our those are our metal valor winners well deserved uh let's Enjoy. get into the priority one messages proper
1: you got it. Here we go.
3: Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from
2: Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Yes.
0: Yeah. Cosmo and James Moore are old friends and old friends. That. that was the fastest to a uh, Ron Moore. Roger Moore. A Josh Moore. Ronald D. Moore. A Joe Moore. I have a Carl Moore. <laughs> Shout out to all you
1: more. Well, they've updated the app I use, and everything is a thousand times more legible. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Uh, anyway, Cosmo writes, are the Cardassians the best alien makeup in Trek? Maybe TNG-era Klingons and Frangie are up there, but I think the Cardis are some of the coolest looking ever. Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, they. I, they it's an involved makeup, and...
0: It has, it's it's involved, and yet it does have an organic, like.
1: And also the skin color is very cool. And and the snake
0: ridges and everything. Uh, But Kevin Quinn does have a a valid follow-up, which is, if we're including New Trek, it's Saru and the Kelpians, in my opinion. But the Cardassians are probably runner-up.
1: Oh, Saru is like.
0: There's, that's sort of, he's sort of unbeatable, particularly for for a regular.
1: But that's just Doug Jones, man.
0: They did a good job with the boots and whatnot. Yes, it is yes, Doug Jones, that's
1: his physicality
0: for sure, but they did well, this is this is what the genius of it is, and this is why it's probably hard to do it for more than like one regular. You need someone like Doug Jones, his physicality, his ability as an actor, and then you need the the makeup and the costuming that they build around him and the prosthetics mm. to work with it.
4: Um, right,
0: and it's all perfect. But
1: yeah, the car. I mean, as far as like screen time is concerned, the uh, yeah Kardashians get a ton, and the makeup always looks
0: good. Um, I would say that the as I've been saying, I think the DS nine, even just passing aliens, are always really different and well done. I don't know if it was a different person handling them on DS nine. I was overseeing stuff, but I think uh, it was a
1: higher. Um, Alien budget.
0: Interesting. Then for. It's like,
1: hey, we're in the. We're in the. We're, in a, we're in a station in the Gamma quad On the edge of the Gamma Quadrant. So you got to fill it with kooky, kooky, kooky aliens.
0: <laughs> I feel like I want to ask my. Uh no, Am you I don't. Di- don't That's happen. not a way to re-engage. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for pulling me. I, think I feel like <laughs> Matt just saved me from blowing it with a lady. is what just happened. But shouldn't I ask her out now? I'll just you ask heard her out now. I already heard asked her out. I'll ask her out again. Phone. What's that? I could hear you picking up the phone. It was like amazing. <laughs> I
4: had to slap it out of
0: your hand. Sean Jordan. Um says the aliens who listen to the podcast will be sad that Matt doesn't believe in them. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's true. It was a big
0: scandal on the last episode. <laughs> uh, uh Neil Studd says Matt quipped that Dream Lover would probably have topped the charts in the UK albeit cons- covered by someone from the cast of EastEnders funnily enough it was covered in the in the aughts by Jason Donovan formerly of the soap opera Neighbors made in Australia oh my God. <laughs> with a largely British following who has topped the British charts um, oh on four God. separate occasions
1: <laughs> that's fucking incredible very, don't ever
0: change England <laughs> very consistent in their tastes Uh, I like listening to the oldies Sung by young attractive people
1: But that's the thing (laughs) The people that you're doing the impression of Aren't the ones buying records That's why it's so fascinating to me
0: No You don't think it's the little old ladies I mean With their crackers I I
1: don't know
0: You don't think it's It's the the bad impression of women By uh, Monty Python in uh, drag (laughs) um tom Bondurant says when i rewatched this episode a while back i was mostly interested in the custody battle at the time i wanted the station to have some federation frontier judge appoint a guardian ad uh mm. lidum i don't know that that uh, latin to protect the kids legal interests since that seemed to be like the more compelling plot However, listening to you guys focus on the story's mystery-slash-conspiracy aspects, I think I might have been missing the point. It's definitely more fun to watch Garrick and Bashir follow clues.
1: I mean, that that dynamic is the heart and soul of the episode to me. The (laughs) Garrick-Bashir dynamic.
0: I don't know. I I mean... And I that's I like it. It's the most yeah. fun part for sure. I don't know. I feel like there there is another heart in it, and based on even well, the hails we've received, right. I don't know how successful you're they landed correct. it. So.
1: You're correct. But like how about this? Okay. The charm of the episode. Yes, that is, undeniable. is those 2
0: I'll run it to poll.
1: Thank uh, you for correcting me. I would have aired. We've both done it so far. We're really saving each other. I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're in a we're we're in a more uh, collegial uh, atmosphere more, now that we're out in the cold on our
1: <laughs> now that we've gone through the the tragedy <laughs> of of those old scientists <laughs>
0: being the only two people <laughs> that apparently have, uh, have reticence about that episode. Um, Lieutenant Diggle's says had to pause to comment had to pause the pod to comment during the saucer section. Where the heck are those yawn horns? Every other comment from Matt needs the wah wah wah, <laughs> needs the uh, wah 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 wah. I need my sad bassoons to weigh in. Live yawn and prosper. <laughs> I think we lost track uh, of it because I used to play it to to get under his skin when he yawned. Um, now he's just going to play that for me for on occasions. No, okay. Thank you. Lieutenant Justine Adamek says, why is it that every time a call comes in, someone in ops has to answer it like a switchboard? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then Ben Plevin had uh, another valid point, which is this brought up another question for me on the Enterprise D. Whenever there was... An incoming hail, it seems that whoever gets the, got there first, wharf data or even the computer, was the one to let Picard know there was an incoming message. You can see this demonstrated by the different hail openers TNC uses. Mm-hmm. My question for King of Protocol Matt is, who answers the phone when Uhura is out of the picture?
1: Uh, do you mean specifically on the Enterprise, NCC-1701 or 1701A, or do you just mean in general on a starship? I feel like it seems like the communications officer, yeah, uh, is is a job that no longer exists in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I think to make room, we've 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 got a ship's counselor on board. You know, think about this episode of this Cardassian's episode. If it were on the Enterprise D, we would at least have a couple of scenes with Deanna discussing the emotional impact with the child
4: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah That's the worst oh use of give that. me that
1: emotional impact <laughs>
0: um yeah uh it wants really to talk was about severe... their
1: feelings <laughs>
0: <laughs> severely lacking a counselor in that episode um uh, Justine Adamek also says, "Whenever I watch a tr- Star Trek episode, episode, I look for the part Andy would play. I think that should be a regular segment on the pod." Um, so other people said this. Uh, I'd be delighted. I don't think it's necessarily you, our, our I place. I thought you
1: would have been a great um, fat Klingon store owner.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't really have that guy's uh, singing chops. He's a, well, we can work on that. Blues expert. Um, I definitely would have a lot to say about the food. Um, uh, feel free to send in your, your, uh, your videos or images. Maybe we'll put it on Twitter. Oh, also, just as a side note, um, um, sorry, uh, Lieutenant uh, Jeff Mullins, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, has been making uh, videos for our TikTok, we just had. It's non-chronological. So they've just been strange new world stuff thus far from our Patreon, um, but we're getting that going again. Uh, we're going to figure out a way. If you have old stuff that you guys sent in that never made it to the Instagram, uh, I think uh, Jeff has some plans to uh, start the back the backlog. Here,
1: let, me, let me fix this for you. Okay, this this your pitch to the audience here.
0: Well, I don't think we have a, a plan yet. That's part of the reason. Right, here's I, I what I want for to say.
1: It. Here's what you actually want.
0: All right, go ahead.
1: Are you ready? Mm-hmm. If you ever remember a particularly funny bit from an episode that you love and happened a long time ago, it's time to dig into that episode and let Jeff Mullins know about it. And
0: from there, maybe he'll make a video. I think that's a slightly different uh, thing that I'm saying. But uh, yes, I think that is also great. Uh, you can do that. You can send it into me. I could forward it to Jeff. we can track it ourselves i don't think
1: you know exactly what you want
0: oh you're saying no what
1: i said you want the thing i said
0: well you're you're oh you're saying fix the thing i'm asking for you're not saying fix fix the uh the commute thing i'm communicating right right okay you're yeah Yeah. well the thing i'm trying to get to matt is that a lot of people made content that i never posted so that's what i'm trying for you to post well, I believe that that was the impli- the implication. Well, then you failed. You failed them miserably. Well, it's because I was obsessed with chronological order.
1: <laughs> all right. So if you were failed by Andy in the past, right into Jeff Muller.
0: Well, I mean, this is now now it's going to be a, <laughs> <just> a deluge <laughs> of all the people who I failed. Um. Anyway, Tristan Luth Robbins uh, hails us. I have a theory that the perceived animosity between Garrick and Duquette stems from a tailor shop incident where Garrick (laughs) refused to let out Ducat's trousers taken as a kinky euphemism. That certainly tracks with Andy's theory. My theory being that Garrick and Ducat had a, had a tryst and it went badly. And that's, uh, that explains the hostility between them. Hmm. Probably from what I've seen with Garrick so far, you know, he was, uh, he was a little bit of a slam bang, Thank you, ma'am, kind of uh kind of a mode. And ducat uh, thought there was gonna be more. And uh that's what went sour.
1: That's really that's interesting. That that's how you'd categorize those two.
0: Check in on my uh on now my re- uh, my sub stack for my uh my ducat, uh Garrick uh fan fiction that I've been working on. Nice. Tom Bondurant says, Let's say Neelix walks into Garrick's tailor shop. And wants to buy the tackiest jacket Garrick has, assuming that Mm. Garrick has something that would appeal to Neelix, of course. How does Garrick respond? Does he let Neelix do it? Or does Garrick end up giving Neelix a makeover? Have I just pitched Snake Eye for the Talaxian guy? (laughs) And then Joe Moore, and his weirdly specific references, uh, has a quote from Garrick. um, Mr. Neelix, is it? My, my, I'm certain we can find something much more fitting for a gentleman of your distinct personal characteristics. I was much closer on that mm. than Ducat.
1: That was good. Thanks. And I'm, I, you know, when, you, when the Ducat one, I was fucking with you. It wasn't that good. Yeah. But
0: this one, pretty good. So you gotta, you gotta dig to get the truth. This guy's such a flatterer, Matt, Matt Meyer. <laughs> he soft pedals everything. <laughs> I got
1: it, guys. I we're on eggshells emotionally right now, the two of us, <laughs> mostly because of fucking Strange New World episode. It's <laughs> been a
0: real, it's been a real trauma, traumatic moment. David asks the homework stealing Vulcan says to answer Matt's question from one of the Strange New Worlds episodes. Garax, Garrick's sorry, first appearance on DS Nine was in season one, episode three, past prologue. Wild as for trill symbiont evolution uh it's going to be kind of long but you know me when i get into the details this is me uh it's going to be kind of long but uh, <laughs> you know, you know it's, uh, it's, it's like when uh when uh when uh, Jethika, she uh, drank the uh the the, 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 the um <laughs> really trill out there <laughs> um as with the Trill Symbiont Evolution, I studied evolution in college for my biology BS, uh, bachelor of science, and it sort of helps to understand the evolution of single-cell single organisms. Long story short, two things evolved in parallel with each other, and one day, one thing was engulfed by the other, and it turned out to be a mutually beneficial relationship. The engulfed thing got protection from the outside, and the engulfer got sugar or proteins from the thing it engulfed. That's how you got uh, mitochondria, and how plants have chlorophyll. For larger symbiotic organisms, the same principle holds. The evolution of the two organisms occurs in parallel and close proximity, and in some situations, one organism can affect the evolution of the other by selectively breeding the other, like how humans mm. selectively breeded, well, most things we needed for survival. Bananas, sheep, chickens, broccoli, coffee beans, etc. Don't forget about doggies. Don't forget about doggies.
4: Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and cats. And cats. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's a giant waste of time. In the Simeon's case, you have an organism that is close to a mortal in that it replicates its cells perfectly and without loss and doesn't really age, kind of like lobsters. But without the lobsters' need to shed, which requires a lot of energy to do, and that's why lobsters die. Not because their cells degrade, but because they don't have the energy to shed into a new, I don't know how to pronounce this, C-A-R-A-P-A-C-E...
1: Right. New hard outside.
0: The symbionts. <laughs> there it is. That word again. Is the trill here? Uh, except they're not expending energy. Uh, the host trill just need, reaches the end of their life, but it's squishy and needs protection. So it probably included in its symbiotic relationship with its host a sense that carrying symbionts was great and extends great benefits of experience and whatnot, and everyone should be doing it and living to be their best selves in hopes of one day carrying one. symbiont gets an evolutionary, evo- evolutionarily superior host. Oh, man. I'm really struggling with this one. Strong, fast, smart, to protect it from harsh environments. And the trill gets experience and history. The trill early in their evolution probably developed their abdomen flap. Oh, interesting. To engulf the symbiont. It's chicken and the egg. Uh, Which came first? An organism that wasn't a chicken that laid an egg that became a chicken. A predecessor to a symbiont existed and a pre trill So the answer is the egg. Existed. You're saying the symbiont existed? No, I'm
1: saying what came first, chicken or the egg.
0: The answer is egg. What are you comparing it to in this? Based
1: Based on the statement. There was no chicken until a creature that wasn't a chicken laid an egg I see that I became see. a chicken got it so the egg was first
0: gotcha the presymbiont attached in some way like a leech until it selectively bred better pre-trill to have better abdomen flaps to protect them sorry this was not a short story interesting why didn't it maintain why didn't trills keep the flaps then why do you have to surgically put them in Who are you asking? I'm looking at you because you. you're the only person there. <laughs> you're the only person in my Zoom.
1: <laughs> well, yell, yell up at God. Ask him. Damn you. Or her or them. <laughs>
4: you
0: have to roll your eyes on
1: it. It's all possible. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes mostly at God. <laughs> not not the various pronouns. Because God
0: though. is correcting you on, on God's pronouns. Um, uh, okay, then a separate thought uh from david s thank you for that david s was the lady at the orphanage supposed to be a red herring or was she just obstinate because garrick is cardassian and she didn't want to help him because I she was, was that still stonewalling them pretty hard at the beginning and then that i thought her behavior was suspicious up until she let garrick work on the computer the, that she just didn't like cardassians yeah right and this was a cardassian adult do we think she was nice to the kids though I guess she was just based overwhelmed. The based on those
1: kids, the on the kids coming out and asking if they were going to be able to go home to Cardassia, I'm going to say that she probably wasn't that nice to them. Yeah.
0: That's sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another pitch. Uh, Annie with Cardassian kids. <laughs>
4: um. Okay.
0: Somebody sent it to that, that lady that does, uh, the songs uh um, send it to
1: lower decks it'll be fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, don't, don't open it up here and jackson <laughs> andrew jackson says maybe i misheard but matt and andy seem to think rugel's uh coming to the station was a coincidence my read was always that ducat arranged the whole thing he what? got he got that captain to hire the bajoran father and bring them into the station um, and then make accusations of abuse of force to an investigation. He was probably the one who informed Dukat of the incident with Garrick. After speaking to Bashir, we never see him again. Garrick's involvement was the only thing that Dukat didn't plan for.
1: That's interesting.
0: Do we? Why are they on that ship that. in the first place? Do we remember? Unclear. Like what the Bajoran dads explicitly say. Which, like, if he's such a such a Bajor diehard, why is he leaving the planet? Um, I guess he's allowed to travel. Lieutenant Commander Jeff but Mullins. He, but he shouldn't, you know? <laughs> Good people on both sides. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins. <laughs>
1: You'll find that most people who shouldn't travel don't have passports because they don't really know any experiences besides the one they live.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins says two things. First, take another look at Garrick's outfit at the beginning. Ensign Mullins pointed out that Garrick was dressed as a deconstructed watermelon, and once you see it, you won't be able to unsee it. Second, there was a great claim to fame. Kotan Padar, the Cardi father, was played by Robert Manden from Soap soap I only have seen a handful of episodes uh Jeff that's one thing and then the other thing um is ensign Mullins your child or your significant other I don't remember I don't know if you've said I'm I'm saying it uh, to Matt, an as though Matt has an answer to it I don't have I'm an answer I, I don't know lieutenant it's just jeff. Uh, says to think, seven years after this episode was when Ilian Gonzalez custody the Ilian Gonzalez custody controversy happened. Was Clinton a DS9 fan? He copied the Cisco leadership plan and sent Ilian back to Cuba. Could be. Uh, yeah. Wonder how Ilian's doing now. Nick Tabasco says, uh, I just felt the moral dilemmas played too heavy. I didn't enjoy the characters much, and the action thrills weren't there to fill the gaps. Uh, <laughs> um, Garrick, as always, was excellent, but it was all unspire- uninspired intrigue and obvious morality. Another early year's DS9 snooze fest. Whoa, strong, strong words. <laughs> uh, according to all the ratings, uh, Nick knack gets a seven, so I don't know. Seems, seems kind wow. of wonder where you wonder where you came in Loquac- loquacious locutus's chattier brother says is it me or does Rugal look a lot like Frankenstein jr the only thing missing are the bolts hmm. is that speciesist for him to say that don't they I, mean,
1: all- I don't like how everybody's bandying about the term You yeah. I mean, we got to be better than O'Brien, guys. Come on. <laughs> At the beginning of the episode.
0: Yes. At the end of the episode, we should all be like that, O'Brien.
1: We should all be like O'Brien
0: post him ever saying
1: Cardius. I wonder I don't if think he ever says it again.
0: Has he permanently turned around? Like, is this after this episode, is it like he's just an open minded progressive person? I hope so. That'll be a hoot. Um, Bishop, half level right. Says, Can you guys talk for a few minutes about how you feel about Sisko's decision for Rugal? I find it fascinating considering the TNG episode Suddenly Human. In it, there was a human infant adopted by an alien and raised in the alien culture. It was found he still had blood relatives on Earth. The adopted father was also under suspicion of being abusive, just as in this episode. But Picard also took into account the adopted child's child's wishes and decided he should stay with his adopted family. Sisko did the opposite. So what is Star Trek saying? I think Cisco made a mistake. What do you guys think? Um, Judge Myra.
1: Well, I think the situations are different because one of them was taken as an infant. Another one was taken as a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some familiarity differences there. I think ultimately the best solution is not either solution that picard or cisco came up with i mean most i mean picard's was more difficult
0: it's interesting that both seem to be a um there's a they're not leaving room for grays it's it's just like it's this or it's this Mm. Which seems to be to the detriment of the child in both cases.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing we need most here is uh, whatever whatever results in counseling for everyone.
4: Right.
0: Yeah, emotional support. Like me and Matt need.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alfredo says, one of my favorite things.
1: We, we want to like everything you guys like. <laughs>
0: Alfredo says, one of my favorite things about DS9 are the people you see in the background. In the opening scene between Bashir and Garrick, uh, behind Bashir, a couple aliens wearing very silly hats. I think I spotted them, Alfredo. Yeah. The background, the amount of detail in DS9 on the passers by and the people in quarks is amazing. It really is impressive. That's so much work. For the costuming and uh, and makeup departments, um, David Onirol says, "I can't wait for the strike to be over so Andy can dive into his work on the new spinoff, quintessential space uggos." <laughs> <laughs> I've already started to think, uh, you know what, guys? We may be creeping closer. We got the we got a TikTok going. We got stuff happening. We may be creeping closer to a merchandise. Uh, St- uh, store what i call a merchandise store i like to double it up make sure you know exactly what i'm talking about so if we get a quintessential space uggos with some pictures of the uggos people tell us who the uggos are you want to put on there um also
1: nominate an ugo
0: nominate an ugo you can put me and matt on there that's fine um David Onyroll also says, Do they not have couples counseling in the future? The O'Briens spend a lot of time fighting, bickering on screen. That's true. I would have loved to have seen... Maybe this happens. I would have loved to have seen uh, Deanna make a stop to DS9 and help them out. We never saw Deanna in a couples counseling scenario, did we? In all those years. I guess because there were really no mm, no ma- central. Not that, that I recall. Um, David Sidhu uh, says, responding to the replicator talk, "Do you two, Do you think if two people order the same meal, it tastes exactly the same? If I were the inventor of the replicator, I would have." it deliberately introduced some randomness. So there would be an average cheeseburger taste, but every time it was replicated, randomly vary around that average a little bit. Otherwise, I think people would go nuts. I think this is a fantastic point. I almost feel like it would probably, you would have to vary it for sure more on how it looked. Like if you had a burger that always looked exactly the same and looked exactly like everybody else's burger... Then uh, I think it would be very unsettling. But also, sometimes it comes out and it's like, "Oh, it's got little crispy edges," but this one doesn't. But like, does that
1: you're dis- are you dismissing ho hos, or like some mass-produced delicious snack that looks the same every time you eat it?
0: Well, they don't look exactly the same, Matt.
1: Wow. I mean, yes, true. You do have to study the nuances. <laughs> I'd
0: say a Hershey's candy bar probably looks. Always more the same.
1: Yeah, but those aren't good.
0: This is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh Polite Elliot says, watching Colomini, mean- mean- I keep in mind DM- DS9 themes like the occupation, terrorists and freedom fighters, and sectarianism weren't so abstract for him or Siddig. The year this episode aired, there were bombings in the UK and Ireland, army army patrols, and religious conflicts. So it's good to see O'Brien and Bashir become friends, an Englishman and an Irishman. Colomini, the most successful Star Trek actor outside of Patrick Stewart, and try The Journey. Great Colomini movie. I've never even heard of that. Have you? No. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a good point, Uh, Lieutenant Elliot. It has occurred to me as we get into so much stuff about colonialism and, and whatnot uh, India's 9 Every once in a while, it does occur to me. I wonder what Colomini's take was. Uh, that's it for the hail bag. Sorry, that's it for the president's circle. Let's step into the corridor for the hailbag bag proper.
3: Captain. Captain, we are being hailed. Let's
0: first take a look at a voice hail. Um Could you play pronunciation
3: let me first just preface this with I love Andy I think Andy is the best guy he's got great ideas thank you he always has interesting insights and he's usually the smartest person in the room unless Matt is also there I don't know to so when
4: that I say you-
3: this it's not a critique of Andy. It's just that I'm trying to help the guy out. Okay. I love it. All right. It's pronounced Andrew the Kun Dao. <laughs> I, think, get it right.
1: I will say once a week, maybe once every two weeks, the conversation pops into my head where Andy confused himself into thinking he didn't know how to pronounce his own name.
0: This is the level See, of self doubt that is Roman randomness frame on
1: on how to pronounce Secunda from Andrew Secunda was
0: incredible. Wait, is that how I say I Andrew Secunda? It, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but I do. Uh,
1: honest to God, uh, I swear in the life of Henry that pops into my head pretty frequently, and I laugh, uh, I chuckle at it.
0: It was a memorable moment for all I concerned. Go,
1: what a what a weirdo.
0: <laughs> It's also uh, an indicator of where this, uh, this gentleman in his, is in, in his, um, in his Viewing, uh, yeah. Star Trek. You Listening,
1: I suppose. We're TNC listening. We're a listen.
0: Yeah. Um, this is from Filmy Girl. It says, says, uh, really enjoyed this episode. I was having a pretty bad day, but the description of how the drill first became joined had me laughing so hard it brought tears to my eyes. It's probably also correct. Regarding the Garrick Fox t shirt, I was just at shore leave and saw a handful of Friend of Garrick t shirts, which I enjoyed immensely as a friend of Garrick myself. So I really think Garrick Foxes, we got to get those out there. Nobody steal our idea. This episode looms large in the Gashir ship lore. And I'm sure you Mm -hmm. can imagine the number of fanfics that begin with Garrick waking Bashir up in his bed. (laughs) I can only imagine. Um. One of the guests at Shore Leave this year was Robbie McNeil, and something he said on Delta Flyer stuck with me. Yes, ma'am. No, actually, it was about how the better episodes serve the series regulars versus centering the guest stars. And I think the episode does well uh, with Bashir's seduction, sexual or non-sexual, depending on your take as the point of all all the cardassian intrigue versus dwelling too much on the nitty-gritty politics anyway glad to have you guys back i've had to tighten my budget a lot recently so i had to pause my patreon but as soon as i'm able uh you know i'll be back in that presidential lounge
1: no problem. just yell unpause into the sky and it will unpause
0: yeah that's the way it
1: works we hope uh first of all thank you for supporting us anyway in the first place second of all You do what you got to do, and I hope that we're still making obnoxious content for you when you return.
0: Now, Matt, if you could play Andy's rating amongst the voice hills.
3: Hey, Matt and Andy. This is Jason from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, My first time calling in, but I think I can help uh, Matt out here with his quandary on... How Andy does his ranking of the, or uh, his evaluation of the Star Trek shows.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And it kind of fits in Star Trek form because I think it it violates some sort of time paradox. That back in the uh, TNG days, you, were, you guys were trying to figure out what the higher, the fewer means. And mm. this last episode, I think. The meaning actually came out and somehow they got that information in the past and put it into a Star Trek episode so you guys could create this. The answer is, is that the higher esteem that Andy has for an episode, the fewer Andy's. <laughs> See? It makes perfect sense. The higher, the fewer. I mean, I, that's how Andy's brain works from the hundreds of hours that i've listened to him talk
1: again i
3: could be wrong but he, myra does that make sense to you that makes that, for everything you do i really love the show guys great thank, job
1: thank you for Bye. calling in and that does make some sense to me <laughs> but again we are talking about someone who forgot how to pronounce their own name so it's true i don't think we'll ever know fully how uh andy's brain works
0: uh, and me least of all
1: uh, this is from Clayton Brain and Brain. What is Brain? <laughs> what is that? from? Remember that box no. Brain?
0: T O S. Those old scientists. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, this one is from Clayton Johnson. Uh, this is yet another trill take. Uh, I mean, just you, inherently, the title's fucking stupid. Oh no! Matt, I can't. I'm sorry, <laughs> Matt. At least, at least, make them pay for to hear our, our sourness.
1: Just say, like, there's like stuff that like you don't. You don't need to meta comment on TOS or DS9 or whatever these abbreviations
0: for the show. You didn't need to.
1: And you
4: were going to be able to contain Never yourself.
1: Mind. Whatever.
0: <laughs> it's in his interest not to do this in the main pod, and he still can't stop himself. I um, am. So sorry. It's uh, it's you know I mean really I'm the only person you do need to apologize to. Um. Dear Matt and Andy. But see, what they're doing, Matt, is they're, it's like, we call it TOS in the real world. Well, why would yeah, people yeah. in Star Trek be calling it TOS? Well, it's because well, why, they have an actual reason for why should they ever, should they they ever have to? What do you mean? Why should they ever have to
1: refer to that era as something?
0: Well, they're referring to it because they're they're winking at us and saying, well, we call it TOS, but this is what their reason Can't for calling is. Can't they just wink at each TOS other since. and I enjoy their interactions? Um, I mean, you know, this is a, it's a meta show. That's what they do.
1: So it's Facebook is now meta. I get it.
0: Um, dear Matt and Andy, in the spirit of not perpetuating the discourse, I'd like to share a metaphor that illustrates how I believe the Trill symbiont relationship <laughs> works. Let's say your name is Henry and you got married to the widow next door who's been married seven times before. Every one of her previous husbands wrote detailed (laughs) diaries, shot extensive home videos, and kept textbooks and manuals covering their education and work experience. The widow has archived these materials, and every time she remarries, she insists that her new husband memorize and internalize the records left by her previous husbands. Being the eighth husband, you are tasked with absorbing the records... Of seven previous husbands. You didn't experience the chronicled lives firsthand, but you now possess intimate knowledge of them. You are still Henry, but thanks to getting married, you have now been inexorably changed by reading the thoughts of so many husbands. You feel like you know them, like they're now a part of you, and you're now part of a legacy of husbands to the widow next door. I'll wrap up before my metaphor gets too unwieldy. Hopefully it makes sense of the Trill and Symbionts. Peace and long life, Clayton. I gotta say, I've already seen stuff that indicates to me that it is more than what you're saying, Clayton. I feel like they, the, the, what has been communicated to me and what I'm getting, even though I, I hear your metaphor and I think that's also valid. Here's what it is Gather round,
3: cats. <laughs> I'm Henry the Eighth, I am. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door, she's been married seven times.
0: I didn't catch that reference.
1: Oh, I, that's why I laughed.
0: It's good. It's like, oh he was God, a good they're reference. Just sending
1: us, they're just sending us in the Herman's Hermit song. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's fantastic. I love it. Um, I feel like I feel like they're saying Dax and the host join and become one person. Then the host dies, and Dax is joined with the new host, and now that Dax is the previous hosts all joined with Dax, and Dax joins with the new host. It's not just the memories, it's almost the personality, too. And the and the, the other hosts are sort of incorporated into the symbiont. It's not that this, the symbiont just doesn't stay its own personality the whole time, does it? Doesn't it incorporate the... The personality that came before?
1: Yeah. It like adds a new meat to the sandwich.
0: Clayton is suggesting it's just the memories. It's not the personality. And I'm not sure about that.
1: Well, I would argue the following. Okay. or nature. I don't know. What makes the personality? Is it the memories of the person that makes the personality? I would think so.
0: Well, it's the habits and the choices and the
1: that are there because of your experiences
0: i I think it's both well then that's the answer everything's both anyway um tbd can you play also on this topic trill
3: hey guys joe from south dakota here um out here on the prairie um (laughs) but um Know, With funny. in regards to what you guys are talking about about the trills, um, it'll get explained later. But the short answer is there's a little bit of a psychic type connection. It, it's there? not. It probably is enhanced when they're inside the body cavity, uh, but there is a mild psychic connection to it, and it'll get explained in an episode. I think season three. I forget which what season, but yeah. All right, see you guys.
0: See you, Joe.
1: Mm. Promises of exposition to come.
0: Then we have one prime corrective for me. And uh, and then we can get the hell out of this helmet. Or can we? Well, there'll be more later.
4: Time for a retrospective. Street truth are our objective. It's a prime corrective. There's Matt and he got it wrong.
0: I'm um, also exemplifying my faulty brain. Mark Wilson points out in quotes, the planet that Geordi had his thing on was called Galorndon Core, and his buddy was a Romulan, not a Cardassian. Um, thank you, Mark. You're right on both accounts. And,
1: uh oh, do you know what's funny? is I thought you were talking about the episode where his old crewmate From the away team comes, and they're all turning into lizards.
0: Why would that one have applied?
1: Because that's the planet Jordy had his thing on, (laughs) and it is another planet. The Cardassians are lizard people. Oh, so that's what I thought you were referring to.
0: No, I thought he had a he had that that enemy mind thing with a Cardassian. That's so funny. Um, yeah so good job seeing through to what I what I meant Mark Um, that's it for the hails if you would like to send a hail you can send it to sttncpod at gmail.com please put the title of the episode you're referring to in the subject heading somewhere Uh, you can tweet my co-host no there's no such thing
1: it's called X now is it called X yeah where you been
0: I don't know him been on twitter why would they change
1: What's why would you be on twitter he's running it into the ground anyway it's called x now
0: uh, i don't know uh, okay why would you call it
4: x so weird
1: uh-huh so many weird it's choices. almost like an eccentric billionaire bought the company <laughs> so many weird choices, and is doing a lot of dumb things
0: <laughs> you know, honestly we're on threads
1: because he's See, kind of a garbage person
0: you can find us on threads i don't i just don't want as many things is there an app that's just like, here, can you just send this to all my social media so I don't have to fucking do this nine times? Um, so, anyway, whatever you want to do, X or Instagram, he's at Matt Meyer. He got both of them. Uh, my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Our Instagram and Twitter account is at Star Trek TNC. Um, and if you want to send a voice ale, you can send it. Like the TikTok, you ding dong. I was about to, douchebag. No, you were voice hailing. I can show you on my screen where it says in big letters TikTok below well, you should the voice. do all hailed. the internet stuff together and then oh, do Jesus. the voice. Hailed. You're like a walking critique, like not a why thing. Why don't come you do it the right heard. way?
1: All I'm saying is do it the right way. You know
0: what I think I've, why I did this podcast with you? I was looking for the only thing in the world that would be more critical than the voice inside my own head. Do it the right way, Andy. That's all. Jesus Christ. 816 Trek TNC is our voice hail. And you know what? We have a new TikTok. And it is the same as our Instagram and our Twitter, at Star Trek TNC. I'm just going
1: to edit this so that the TikTok part comes first. I mean, you can, (laughs) but then
0: they're going to miss out on our great uh, argument. Oh, no, I'll leave the argument in. Um. And I will say again to cause you cause you more editing. Uh, you can join our TikToks at Star Trek TNC. Lieutenant Commander Jeff Malden is making a little new content. He probably he might also start uh, getting into our uh, Instagram account um, and getting that up to chronological date. Anyway, check it out. Uh, thank you all. God bless you, and uh, live long and prosper. I don't know. That's it for the Hales. Okay.
1: Uh, the episode we're going to talk about today
0: is "douchebag" is an unpolitically correct term now. Um, I don't know. if it is, then uh, feel free to to, to hail us. I, I think I think douching's still a thing that happens. You gotta clean, you know. You using it as an insult to another person, though. So I don't who knows I I mean should
1: we come up with something else
0: okay um jerkweed (laughs) jerkweed as uh as uh Bruce Willis uh says in uh in Die Hard (laughs) I was always like jerkweed
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh take this under advisement
0: jerkweed I think that's what he says
1: are you, is that in the theatrical I cut? I think it's in the theatrical
0: version? cut. That's what's so crazy about it.
1: That's wild. <laughs> I always assumed it was a TV cut edit thing.
0: No. <laughs> so I don't weird. know if they limit. There's got to be curses in that movie, so I don't know if they were limiting the amount of curses that they did.
1: Wasn't it an R, though?
0: Wasn't it an R? Yeah, there's there's nudity in it. So a totally unnecessary so it's nudity a in it. <laughs> So it's
4: just a choice then by... Yeah. Bruce,
0: Bruce Bruno is Bruce. like, I want to get my own thing going here. Everybody will be calling each other dirkweed And then give me my harmonica. <laughs> All right. Seagulls, about- <laughs> golden
4: white coolers. <laughs>
1: We're dating ourselves. We're very old. Melora. <laughs> Uh is the name of the episode which aired the thirty first Ooh, it's a spooky one. The thirty-first of October
0: nineteen
1: ninety-three. What was
0: happening? The uh let's see, is there anything interesting somewhere else? Ellen Cleghorn <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Trolls
0: <laughs> Rocket <laughs> Um I don't know which one to do Uh, There's uh, uh, Number one in the US Is Dream Lover By Mariah Carey Number one in the UK Is I Do Anything For Love And number one uh, Alternative song Is Heart Shaped Box So Pick them
1: Uh Sure
0: No Hilarious UK choice a number one movie that week the nightmare before Christmas I
1: was gonna say that out loud
0: oh I'm sorry I didn't give do you want me to should we make that That's a little
1: wild uh well a I mean, little with sub, these, sub it game. might be less of a fun thing because some of these are overlap with Tng so we might as well uh, but like weirdly I remember that as being the Halloween of 93
0: in keeping with our theme of things that
4: this is Halloween. Everybody make the scene. Trick or treat. Tell so the neighbors on the drive. It's on time. Halloween. Everybody
1: stay up in this tone of Halloween.
0: I am the. All right. Did you love it? I was, I was sort of. I wanted it to did be a little Night, darker. I loved Marvel for Christmas. Yeah.
1: I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I didn't
0: love it. Yeah. Uh, no one TV show that week. Home improvement burst that week. Oh? Huh? Oh? Actress Letitia Wright, Shuri in the Black Panther movies. Um, events. Rudy Giuliani is elected mayor of New York City. The WB Network is announced. Mike Nelson takes over for Joel Hodgson as the mystery science. I signs. mean,
1: let's just discuss. What a... what a what
0: Fall a, from grace? Are you talking turn. about Giuliani? What a turn, <laughs> Giuliani. Like, I can't <laughs> even like... It's shocking.
1: It's like where he ends up like if you went back in time and like we're like look at this this is this is where we are
0: at he put I, his I, yeah. he like, put his shocking. chips down in a direction and he just went 100% in that direction i mean that's how you clean
1: up times square you know what what do you mean <laughs> oh you put
0: your chips down in one yeah. direction <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it just seems like that's uh, less confusing direction to go in (laughs) um i mean there's you know there's there's ups and downs on that side too like overall you're cleaning up crime and and stuff but you're also gentrifying in a in a possibly uh concerning way
1: but uh but i will say this yeah no one
0: no one wanted to live in Times square no i you want to be there what are you saying why do it
1: no you're just talking about like the gentrification of I well, know you're speaking of other parts of Manhattan, but it's uh, part of a, a larger I'm pattern of gentrification through only Manhattan. talking yes. about Times
0: Square. <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, anyway, <laughs> yes, I agree. Very, very, very strange series of choices in that man's <laughs> in that man's career. Um, Mike Nelson takes over for Joel Hodgson as host, host of Mystery Science Theater nice. Three Thousand, and lastly, the Time Magazine cover. Voice of America? Howard Stern? Can you guess who the other person is? Imus. No. Good good choice, though.
1: Uh, cow? No.
0: Rush Limbaugh.
1: Of course. Yeah. Of course.
0: And then we have to check in. What was going on? What a on? rise
1: to grace for Rush Limbaugh. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. Uh, uh, we do. Let's do that. Do do, 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 do. where to
0: go, where to go I'm bragging about how easily labeled it.
1: No no no, well, no, I couldn't find the application. No it no wasn't no the sound this I lost. is
0: that's this is Voyager you're doing this for. <laughs> this is elsewhere in Trek. Oh well, that,
1: that why didn't you tell me that? I tried I to. to. you
0: seemed so confident I was like, oh all right, I was really
1: confident. <laughs> elsewhere
3: in Trek
5: and see what's out there.
4: Engage.
0: Here's elsewhere in Trek for Malora, which aired, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We already know that on November first, TNG aired "Dark Page," where Loaxana Troy revealed the tragic fate of Kestra Troy. It was Loaxana's final, final TNG appearance, but don't worry, everyone's favorite heir to the Holy Rings of Beta Zed would return.
1: Um. Well, so chronologically, she was on Deep Space 9 and then back on on TNG.
0: Is that right? And then back yeah. on DS9.
1: Does she come back to DS9? I don't know.
0: I believe people mentioned that she's coming back.
1: Oh boy, I can't wait!
0: But I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I can't see the future.
1: All right, what's next?
0: Uh, next, we talk about the show for probably three quarters of the time. We've just talked about other things.
1: Great. Perfect. This is Melora. uh, Teleplay by a lot of people. We got Evan Carlos Summers, Stephen Baum, Michael Piller, and James Crocker with a story by Evan Carlos Summers. And this is what they say. Dr. Bashir ends up falling in love with a new officer when he develops a way for her to function in a high-gravity environment. What? (laughs) Meanwhile... Cork receives a death threat from one of his former associates. Cool.
5: Cartographer, Ensign Melora Pazlar is the first Elasian to join Starfleet, and as such, requires special accommodations.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen one of these in 300 years. I'm surprised it was even on file in the replicator's databank. It isn't. There and was a the moment
0: specific- he, a when he choice. when he sets that up and then we see the back of the of the uh, um, mechanical wheelchair that I was... And I thought it was a robot. And I thought he was introducing a robot, uh, like a, a terrible robot character. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be great.
5: <laughs> I was
0: like, oh, he's just a future
2: That's wheelchair. Cations. <laughs> she really uses one like this.
5: Her normal anti-grav unit isn't going to work here. Same problem we have with the Starfleet cargo list in construction just isn't compatible.
2: Ops to Bashir. The Yellowstone has just docked at Airlock 14, doctor.
0: The television show?
1: Did you read his profile? No. He had had a long, the guy, the creator of Yellowstone, he had a long profile in uh, Hollywood Reporter or something. And I read it and I was like, I think I love this man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) why
1: he's a lunatic but in the best possible ways yeah like he's a writer lunatic it's fascinating and like i've never seen a human being shit on his line producer so much out loud well that sounds mean oh but you know what it's like
4: what was he saying
1: he's like uh he said my favorite quote of his was what was it don't not not uh don't tell me we don't have the money just tell me how much it costs uh and there was like some other quote anyway he goes he goes on and on it's 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 amazing i i recommend reading it to anyone out there
0: um i do i did uh, uh i was on a real Kick. Um, what is his name? I was on a real kick. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, I was on a real mm-hmm. kick uh, of his stuff, having seen Sicario, and I was like, ah, that was amazing. And then I saw the other stuff that he had done, um, Hell or Highwater, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, and that was also amazing. And then Yellowstone came out, and I was like, oh boy, uh, um. <laughs> just really geared up and then i was like "This is a little bit uh step not i don't know and it didn't grab me it's hard to hurt. i haven't
1: watched it people love it a s- he just, certain he kind of audience it, loves he describes it. it as it's the godfather in montana
0: that's how he describes it <laughs> are we the godfather of podcasts <laughs> um hey I this podcast that. is like the great thing version of podcasts <laughs> This is like the uh, the Bible well, it's of like, podcasts.
1: <laughs> well, he didn't. He did, he's not saying it like that. Uh-huh. He's saying it like a sprawling the, family the, epic, the, the mob plot contrivances right. in Montana.
4: Right.
1: He's not calling it the Francis Ford Coppola film
0: of cowboys. <laughs> Whatever the case, he definitely seems like what you're describing as someone who's like. I don't care. I, I built myself... I was an actor, and then I built myself into success outside the system, and Dude, now I'm going to do what I want. He writes them
1: all himself.
0: I know. I also think... In he,
1: a in a tiny writing shack. My
0: understanding... That's insane. ...is he writes them... Uh, I don't know how you would call this, like, chronologically. Like, he doesn't come up with yes. the whole thing. He just writes page one, page two, page yes. three, and then goes, there you go. Uh. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> it's insane.
1: I
5: love it. Just think what she's gone through to get here, Jadzia. What it must be like to adjust to our gravity after growing up on a planet with such low surface gravity. Doctor, we've done the best we can with the ramps. The Cardassians obviously didn't have our- There's
1: no world where someone grows up in the gravity that is as low as it's depicted there, and they develop into a bipedal
0: species. Oh, interesting
1: like i was watching this i was like well this doesn't make any sense why would they be a humanoid form
0: they would have had some kind of like wings or fins or yeah, something they'd be like below. space whales or yeah, something right well she the still they space still space walk it's not maximum no maximum gravity maximum. they would just have tiny little legs do they
1: walk because the picture of her and her brother they're flying through the air like greatest american hero
0: yeah i guess that's true but they're saying low gravity, though.
5: Yeah, not no gravity. A lot of places around here, she won't have access to.
2: Can't we just use the train? Seems
1: to be like a water buoyancy situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a neutral buoyancy kind of a uh, gravity.
2: For her to help her get around.
5: It makes sense to me, but she sent word that it wasn't acceptable to her.
2: I wonder why.
4: It's
0: really rude exactly to the disabled why. person.
5: She went through academy the same way. Once her basic needs are met, she refuses any special assistance. She's extraordinary.
2: You make it sound as though you've known her for years.
5: I almost feel as though I have. I've been stalking I her. I all her personnel and medical files to get ready. Her quarters, they're ready, aren't they? I've got the bumps in the head to prove it. <laughs> Thanks, Chief. Let me know if there's anything else. I'd, I'd be-
1: love to have seen Chief O'Brien programming this gravity.
0: I'm just constantly bumping his head.
1: Going wee. <laughs> <laughs> Thunk.
0: You almost done in there, Chief O'Brien?
1: <laughs> it's just Keiko.
2: time for dinner miles i'm still working on it leave me alone reporting for duty welcome to ds9 ensign. i'm chief science officer judzia dax and this is
5: dr bashir we spoke on subspace good to meet you in person
2: i see you have my trolley car ready to go
5: as requested
2: can i help i'm fine thank you that's better you've modified it
5: yes I wanted to give you as much mobility as I could
2: I've been practicing on the model I requested for a month
5: well it's no problem we can replicate the other design
2: no I'll just have to adapt
0: what is with this lady
1: why can't she accept my design I changed on her (laughs) what a real piece of work
2: can you believe this the Gamma Quadrant the day after she arrives. I'm sure the chief science officer has more important things to do than chart a sector in the Gamma Quadrant.
5: Um,
1: I'd be like, we're on a space station. We don't move. I have nothing to do. I'm flying in that room.
0: You understand that the plot of this show is that we just stay exactly where we are. (laughs) We're not exploring anything. You understand this, right?
2: (laughs) You didn't modify the specifications I gave you for my quarters, did you?
5: Not one iota. You can control the gravity unit with this device if you'd care to try it out. Thank you. I will. It was a pleasure meeting both of you.
1: What a bitch. <laughs> wow. Guys. That's the But that's the look. That's the look they gave that each other. That is the
0: look they gave each other. However, there is an element in this episode. And I know it's like they're trying to break to the, to the point where she accepts help and she sort of lets people in and whatever. But things get into a sticky area with her being... Essentially, they're making points about people with disabilities. And it's like, well, if you're presenting this character this way, then couldn't you say this lady wants to be treated so much like everyone else? She gets more and more aggressive throughout the episode. Yeah. And it's kind of like... It's almost like they're presenting her as having like borderline personality disorder in every exchange. And it's kind of like, well... you want to be treated like everyone else. Maybe stop acting like this. Just act like everyone else. But I, don't know. I agree. In it terms seems.
1: of how they're presenting her, I wish that um, one of his modifications was a little bell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's coming. She's
1: coming. Everyone, <laughs> everyone stop talking about her. Click 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 click.
5: Welcome, Insert. I'm Commander Benjamin Sisko.
2: Am I late?
5: Or not at all.
1: Didn't even shake his hand. You can't you can't you can't fucking make the effort to shake his hand?
0: Yeah. Kinda mean.
1: She's like my only problem with this character is how rude she is to superior
0: officers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm
1: like but I get it. Like I get what they're saying.
0: What are they saying? people with disabilities are rude to superior
1: officers no she's 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 i mean i don't don't want to call it rude what should what should we call it disrespectful uh annoying (laughs) I don't know, but, like, inherently, like, to be arguing about special treatment is in, is inherently getting special treatment. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's the catch-22 of it all. Is like, no, no, you... If you're a regular Ensign, like, if you were a humanoid Ensign who came from regular gravity, you still couldn't go on that runabout by yourself. Right. Right. Like, just, like, accept that. <laughs> well, that's where her argument falls apart, for sure. Yes.
2: It looked as though the meeting had already begun.
1: It did. We were talking about you. Then we heard your bell.
2: Wouldn't it have been more appropriate to include me in that conversation?
5: Mm-mm. I was getting a briefing by my senior officers. Incident. We discuss personnel matters all the time.
2: I'm sorry if I seem overly sensitive, but I'm used to being shut out of the Malora problem. The truth is, there is no Malora problem. Hmm. Until
0: people create one. Mm-hmm. Chicken or the egg? What came first, Malora or the problem? The real Malora problem is that I only weigh five pounds. You'll see it when Dex lifts me later.
1: <laughs> I mean, it would make sense for a for a gravity-defying creature to have. She probably has like a hollow uh, bones, like a bird.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <sighs> I wonder. I mean, not
1: hollow, but like you know, porous. Uh, whatever. You get it.
2: Why a medical opinion is necessary in this discussion. Julian knows more of your capabilities than any of us. I don't need a medical opinion to tell me my own capabilities. I simply object to being treated like someone who was ill.
5: I don't see anybody doing that.
2: Try sitting in the chair, Commander. All right. If
0: you move, then I'll see what it feels like. Get off the chair.
1: I'm sitting in the chair now. Ooh! And then he just starts going. Wee! He
0: doesn't come back. <laughs> Little gadgets.
2: I've been in one chair or another since I left my home world. My family gave me this cane. It's made from the wood of a garlanic tree. they had no idea what it would so be many people, to live people
0: off on world the head with it.
2: In what you consider normal gravity, only a handful of elations have ever left home. But I always knew that I had to be one of them. I dreamt about exploring the stars as a child, and I wasn't going to allow any handicap. Not a chair.
1: I didn't know stars made gravity. That's a problem for me.:
5: You see, Being she's, I used to gravity anyway.: to anyone else. Lieutenant Dax will be going with you.
2: Yes, sir. Wouldn't you wish to leave, Lieutenant? Your schedule is fine with me. Then tomorrow at 0730.
1: Ooh, I actually have a thing at 740. Could we
0: leave at (laughs) 9? Is that a problem? I don't want special treatment.
5: Is it working? the low gravity field actuator I just heard it go off it's
2: working fine
5: so you were just
2: oh um
1: for a, a bunch of astronauts they all seem very entertained by the idea of little gravity they really do in a way that is like I'm like I'm watching it and I'm like what what I this feels like I don't know. It also like, to me, it was like, I, I'm like, I don't see the problem here with uh, keeping the gravity off in most places on the station.
0: <laughs>
4: I didn't you know hate, what I mean? I
0: think that, that O'Brien had some hand wavy reason of like, well, it won't work with the Cardassians, blah, 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 blah. Because it, it, it that's. Oh, also, I think Melora also didn't want it. Because then it's special treatment somehow, or... But like, doesn't she
1: get it? Like, humans are like, this is so fun and cool. That's not special treatment. That's
0: just a good time. Yeah, but then she'd be a spectacle somehow.
1: I don't know. Chief O'Brien bumped his head a few times. That would be the spectacle. Can you go back?
0: It's not that important, but just to the previous... What is this corridor? Have we seen this weird corridor that Bashir is... Walking through it around ten it's fifty. The habitat ring. Oh, so that's the habitat ring. Have we seen it before? Yeah,
1: that's where people live. Yeah. It kind of looks like a weird uh, sleestak. stack quite case this to angle. Me. Not yeah, not quite this angle. It's very strange. And then there's really not a lot for Major Kira to be doing in this episode.
0: Uh, I got news You're for right. you. As far as I know, the field Major died. Kira on. says one line in this You're episode.
4: Fine.
5: So you would just oh, what a
0: great week of work. Oh.
5: Um,
2: for me, it's like slipping into a hot tub at the end of a long day. Really?
1: I'm sorry. Do you mean a hot tub or a, you said hot tub?
0: What's the first? So, option? A hot tub. Hot as opposed to hot tub.
1: Yeah. See, now that would be me filling your tub with hot water. Right. Versus getting in a hot tub. Right. So which is
0: it? It's a, it's a, it's a hot tub.
1: She said hot tub. She put the pause there, so I'm like, I guess that's she not likes to get in
0: a a giant. Are tub there any jets filled with? <laughs> look, maybe on her planet, it's uh, they can get into a a tub filled with scalding water, and they uh, how would the how would the water stay in there? Hmm. Gravity. Maybe the tub is sort of in the air.
1: All I'm saying is, how do you know what a tub's like? You know.
0: Mostly, I'm impressed oh, that she mentions um, get slipping into a hot tub, and Bashir of all like people
2: slipping into a hot tub at the end of a long day.
0: Again, she's really? not saying
1: a hot tub; she's saying a hot tub.
0: I'm a shaman man myself, Bashir does not pick up the innuendo. He just lets it go. Was just that innuendo, or was she just trying well, to discuss? Well, I mean, this is like, the question. Trying
1: to like be like, here's this is the most. this is the most similar thing I can describe to a human Mm
4: -hmm.
0: I don't
1: know Uh, but like this picture of her
0: brother and her is hilarious it is Um, more importantly again he immediately crosses boundaries and is just like "Uh, how about this picture is this your husband your boyfriend who is this well I
1: mean I'd ask the same thing would you that's very like is that Superman are you
0: flying around Manhattan?
1: I mean, if that. Do you have to get back to the Daily
0: Bugle? Oh, did you did you two take this at uh, at some kind of a theme park where they create a fake background behind you? Six
1: Flags New Jersey.
2: Doctor, if you came for an apology.
1: I have another one apologize. where we're both muscle people on a magazine apology. cover.
2: My speech wasn't intended to attack you personally.
5: I'm sure you never set out to attack anyone. Personally. But you do seem to attack a lot. Oof. That's rather insensitive of you, Doctor. Julian, I'm no longer your doctor. What?
2: I see. You've decided I need a friend.
0: I decided that as soon as I was interested in you.
5: You see, you do it so well with such charm, it's hard to tell.
2: Uh, I really don't mean
5: to. Sure, you do. Uh,
2: I beg your pardon.
5: Of course, you mean to. All of these broad shots you fire, they're just your way of keeping the rest of the universe in the defensive. has to be. You're too good at it.
2: Well, uh, it always seemed to work pretty well. Until now.
1: So, Andy,
0: unpack it. Tell me what you're thinking. I mean... What's your Bashir radar like right now? Uh, I mean, I think Bashir decided that he wasn't her doctor after he was <laughs> after his prepping for this. And he's like, well, now that I've stated that I'm not her doctor, it's appropriate for me to give her a full court press.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the nicest thing you've said to me. Or anybody else. Are you hungry? I came here thinking about asking you to dinner.
2: Then afterwards, we'll go dancing, I suppose. Red alert. (sighs) I'm
1: sorry. What a dork. Ooh, red alert. Yellow alert. (laughs) Stand down. (laughs) He's got different different rating system.
0: Shields at 50%. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs)
4: Come
5: on. There's a new Klingon restaurant open on the promenade. If you like that sort of thing.
2: All right.
0: How did both of these people... I understand that like, one of them liking uh, Klingon food. Klingon food. <laughs> but as soon as he said that, I was like, so you're going to take her to a place that serves bait and worms and chum? <laughs> like, that's your <laughs> that's a big romantic date? <laughs> it's
1: like, I also don't... I don't believe that there's... There's got to be some better Klingon food. What do you mean? Like, there's got to be more palatable Klingon food. Oh, like than what we always see. Yeah, like someone on Kronos had to have invented a sandwich. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. You know, it's, it's like it's like it's like Klingon food is this is the dinner scene at Temple of Doom. Right. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and like everyone. <laughs>
0: Everyone should be acting like Kate Capshaw, but no one is. Well, the, it shows their metal. It shows how strong they are. <laughs> that they'll you eat scrolls. this crap.
5: Uh,
3: I didn't order dinner. What better way to mollify, <laughs> satisfy a hungry traveler than with a delicious home-cooked meal? Starting with a delicate back clover soup.
0: We think this food is great, right? Do I? What do you mean? We're assuming the food at Quarks
1: is probably. Why spoil your appetite with soup? Yeah, I, because it's so busy. I assume the food's good. He's, he's, he's like, and he's, they never make jokes like, "Oh, we gotta go to Quarks for the food." Fu- you don't go for the food. I kind of respect
0: that about Cork. That he's like, you know, he's he's uh, he's greedy, but he's like, well, let's give him quality though.
1: Yeah, but I think he's a. But he knows that if he does that, then they'll all come back. So he's a. I mean, he's a competent. Well, business that
0: man. doesn't influence the uh, the Klingon shopkeeper to give them the good, uh, whatever it is. Worms? No, it's
1: this. You know, it's a new shop. He doesn't get out of the station works yet.
0: I see.
3: Exquisite! It's to die for, or uh, or to live for, for that matter. Do you know Dabo Fallon? It's a wonderfully entertaining game and easy to learn. I took the liberty of lining up a couple of excellent tutors I know. You should ask them about their double down betting strategy. <laughs> I don't understand. Is
0: that some kind of innuendo?
1: I, I don't get it. No, they take uh, twice I the previous bet, your stay
0: here oh. to be and they put it on the next bet. That's very simple. Could ever imagine. No
1: one understands any window on space 9
0: <laughs> Is that what Dabo girls are for? I know they've sort of been hanging around and referred to in in lore, but I never knew what they were for other than just sort of hanging around the table. To teach someone yeah. the game? Yeah. Like what the Dabo girl? Yeah, for? Yeah, I assume what's they are profession?
1: like the dealer slash um, pit boss slash, you know, I think the Dabo girl is versatile around the game.
0: Gotcha.
5: We'll have some racht, of course. Racht, and a double order of glajst, no sauce, please. Glajst, I like that and delivery. A single no order. Please. I mean, you get.
1: I, it. I like the delivery of the Klingon guy too, because this like reminds me of every, um, every like uh, food place you go to that's run by one person or a small group of immigrants. Have so, where you're just like you're nervously ordering, oh. hoping to get it right. Right, and they're just like, uh-huh, uh huh, yep. Right. What else? I got other customers. Can we <laughs> move this along? Like, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm doing this right. And you're
5: okay. I'll take that.
1: <laughs> like I, I, wouldn't have the gumption to tell him no sauce.
5: Right. Of uh, is that too much for two? Klimkoff. Nectarines. May I? Don't be alarmed.
2: <sighs> Excuse me, Julian, I can't eat
5: this. Uh, I know how it looks, but. The card de, de la Dogabol The tel The de de
2: card del
5: <laughs> I like a customer who knows what she wants.
0: <laughs> hey, I gotta clean that up now. What are you doing, boss? Cut! <laughs> what? Sorry, I was... What did you say? That's not in the script. Sorry. Oh, I w- I thought I would just react no, the way that just I just
1: say you're just you're at that you're at that table. You're having a nice meal with the f- a friend. Oh, yeah. Just, I thought I know. would just
0: okay. I was just ad libbing. I thought that that's, that's what to. my guy would do. Okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> you think your guy works at this restaurant, but is yeah. also having dinner?
0: That was the yeah, well. I know that I'm at this table, but I <laughs> I just thought well maybe part time. He's taking his break.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Had a backstory.
0: Okay. All right. I tried uh, to talk well, to the director about it before, but nobody was listening to me.
1: Um. Well, now we have that take. Okay. And now let's let's try try something different. Try something different. Let's just try it a couple of ways where you don't say
4: anything.
0: Oh. That's not going to be as fun.
5: <laughs> <A dinner. laughs> I like a customer who knows what she wants.
0: You threw it on me. God, <laughs> what happened? What? Uh, I'm sorry. I was walking by, and I just my actor's instincts took over.
1: <laughs> Your actor's instincts.
0: I was in the character. Uh,
1: this is like this can happen, people. Just,
0: just so you know, this is. I was
1: remembering. I've seen this
0: happen. Hey, if you want to get on, there's a there's a Goldberg's podcast. Have, we, have you been on that yet? They'll probably have no. me on that. And I was remembering, <laughs> in keeping with the story, might as well digress. We've already wasted enough Star Trek time. Um, that once uh, Helio Rantia uh, was doing an emotional scene in a. Have I told you the story? In a in a fake in a, or a real antique car, but they hire people to bring their antique cars, <laughs> right? For outdoor scenes, uh, who are not actors, they just happen to have cars. They just the have a car they, from the '80s. Yeah. So there's a woman behind her, and then I think on impulse, uh, either I or the director called out to Haley when people started honking at her to move because she's supposed to be crying and not moving her car. Said Haley, get out and yell at the other cars. And she gets out and starts yelling at the other cars like, hey, "Why don't I screw you? I don't care. I'm crying." And the woman in the car behind her. Peels out, narrowly missing her, narrowly missing our our main actress, oh and we're like, God. "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing?" And she's like, "She was telling me to get out of here," and uh, and we're like, well, "Yeah, but you weren't supposed to." She's like, "But I figured that's what my character would do."
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly
0: the scene. <laughs> It's like you almost ran over our actress. We didn't prep for that stunt.
1: <laughs> My character would do You almost got Ailey killed. That's amazing. Too
5: late. I sat there and watched her die. The next day when he returned, his guide told us that we could have treated her with a simple herb that was growing all herb. around. I could have saved her life.
2: And so you started to study medicine.
5: Actually, first I started to study tennis. Tennis. I really thought I could make a career out of it.
2: You must be very good?
5: Well, I used to think so. But then I went to my first major competition. My opponent served first. And- does he does he like
1: did he play at Wimbledon? Does he mean his first major? I don't I don't know tennis. Was he at the US Open? It's very impressive
0: is that I what a major competition would, would suggest it was good
5: yeah I there's only so
0: many majors
5: turned out I had more talented medicine than tennis
0: It's <laughs> a lot of information how do you feel about all this backstory <clears throat> Uh, I
1: like it I like a little color on uh, Bashir I like some backstory there
0: mm-hmm. it's an organic place to do it he's on a date I agree he is. I gotta say, he's taken a hard left. Outside of the fact that he came into this woman's room, said, "I'm not your doctor," and then immediately started asking her about photos. In, in room. fairness, <laughs> she brought up the hot tub. That was. That's true. She opened the door. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, All I no. did was pry it open. <laughs> um. So yeah, he had those missteps, but uh, for Bashir, he is. Really being a lot more chill with this lady than he usually is.
1: I think that's because he's serious about it. Yeah. He really wants um, some, some anti-grav sexy time.
2: Uh, we need to get you to the infirmary. It's my own fault.
0: Hey, Matt, take decided, a look at when she you- when Dax comes up. She's doing a weird... Leg thing, yeah. It's almost like she's doing an aerobicize on the, on the floor.
1: I loved it. I was like, oh, the servos are fucked up, so her leg's just doing that. That would be horrible. Like, if she's there for, like, six hours, just kick, like, her leg is just kicking (laughs) constantly. She can't stop it. It's amazing.
2: Use an extra astrometric array after going through the mission profile again. I came to the storage bay to get one.
1: (laughs) That's all Terry.
2: in the gamma quadrant. I wasn't paying enough attention to what I was doing.
0: Look at the strength.
2: I guess my boot.
1: I mean, it's amazing.
2: Didn't make the lip of the door. I fell on my controls. Dax to Bashir, Ensign Pazlar's had a uh, minor accident. We need to see you in the infirmary.
0: Is Jed Z secretly in- an android? Kind of is that an android what we're learning j- here?
2: Deliberately design <laughs> a she can just heft another human, another being
0: that easily?
1: <laughs> I mean, she does make a good point, though. Who would design a raised rim at the entrance of
0: every door? Well, this Her is the other is. thing is they're, they're clearly making points about, like, disability accessible workplaces uh, and they're all valid and uh, and and it's reasonable but it also is like it's kind of confusing because it's like the technology exists I think they're suggesting to have her be able to move around more easily and she's choosing to refuse it
1: well I mean the idea of using the transfers every time you want to get up a s- like three steps yeah that's fair. Is crazy that's fair. that's yes. crazy yeah that's insane yeah how many times do you want to Decompile my atoms just because I need to go
0: into the cargo bay. (laughs) Right.
2: I didn't need Dax if I just paid attention.
0: Although, I wonder if there's anybody uh, who has experience in this uh, from their own perspective. This is a character who is from a planet where she does not have a disability, and then she's come into a situation where she, for all intents and purposes, has a disability. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I wonder if people's perspectives would be different, people who have disabilities would be different on how she is acting in this scenario. Or if it's
1: just well, like, I mean, no, that's that's is, a one-to-one, I uh, get it. That's an interesting point, because it is like she chose she chose to be in a situation where she is at a disadvantage.
5: Right gravimetrically speaking no one on this station is completely independent in space we all depend on one another to some degree
2: i just want you all to know that you can depend on me
5: you've proven that now what do the rest of us have to do to convince you of what that you can depend on us Have you ever heard of the work Nathaniel Teros did with low-gravity species 30 years ago?
2: Neuromuscular adaptation. It had no practical success at all.
5: No, but the principles were sound and a lot of progress has been made in neurochemistry since then.
2: You think someday I could throw away the chair?
5: Theoretically, perhaps.
2: Would you like to come in?
5: Oh no! I I know how much you look forward to turning down the gravity.
0: Playing it real cool. Don't
2: let that stop you.
1: Yeah, it's like his feet, like just were already moving when she said, "Don't."
2: <laughs> you may want to brace yourself until you get used to it.
0: It affects for the time. You can see the lines, but still.
1: Yeah, I know She'd be like a some sort of like jellyfish-like creature. Not
0: a blonde lady with an attitude. I think he says. She she also offers in the scene like, he's my brother, and uh, and I think <laughs> Bashir is like. Uh, oh, wow. Oh. It's, it's like he's hes basically saying, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I, either way, I don't care if that's your husband. I just want to have anti-gravity <laughs> sex. So if we could just get to the anti-grav sex, then that would be great.
2: <laughs> no objections. Computer, play something by Delvok. Delvok never seems a Vulcan to me. There's too much
5: emotion in his music.
2: It's pretty... Tell me something, Lieutenant. You think there's room for romance in Starfleet? I think so. You've made it work? Now and then. I mean, really work. Oh, (laughs) really work. Well, for that I'd have to go back, um, 150 years. That's a long time. Could it be that Dr. Bashir's bedside manners won you over?
4: Because <laughs> so when
1: he started hitting on me, I found it to be slightly annoying and a little adorable.
0: But ultimately, I hated him. Um, she also says... You know, can it work in Starfleet, between Starfleet officers? Mm -hmm. And then she says, well, for that I'd have to go back 150 years. So does that Mm -hmm. suggest that Trills have been in Starfleet for at least 150 years? I suppose that implication is there, yeah. Um, The other thing... This episode has a ton of stuff that is just catnip to a secunda. It's like they're really getting into like, oh yeah, how does... How does it work with relationships inside a Starfleet and, and long distance relationships inside a Starfleet? Like, they really get into the nitty gritty on a couple of issues that I was like, ooh, cool. They're really, they're really calling it out. Um, I really enjoyed so it. So, this worked for you?
1: Yeah. Good.
2: Our species are just so different. Since when has that ever stopped anyone? I knew a hydrogen-breathing Lothra who fell hopelessly in love with an oxygen. You're kidding. How could they even be in the same room? 40 minutes a day without their breathing apparatus. That's all. 57 years they were together.
0: What what about... Then it was an ugly divorce, but uh, nonetheless...
2: Two friends of mine from the Academy got engaged even though they knew they were being assigned to different starships. Subspace relationships. Mm -hmm. (sighs) That's a tough one. They may not be together for a year or more and even then for only a few weeks love across light years it's just so it lacks intimacy you could say that I finish my mission here I move on to the next one what kind of future is that for a romance look at the alternative so,
1: you know, all those questions you've had are finally getting answered.
2: Or at
0: least being addressed. We'll finally say this lady answered,
1: is... once and for all.
0: This lady is really jumping into this Bashir thing, like, fast. So they had a little anti-gravity sex, and then she's immediately, like...
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm, uh, we don't know.
0: Anti-gravity make-out.
1: They could have just,
0: they could have just uh, done some tumbles and cartwheels. Anti-gravity smooching. Um, but uh, she's already, like... What about the future? What about a long-term relationship? Can it work? It's like, hey, lady, pump the brakes. See where it goes. <coughs> Auga. Can't a-pum- tie a-pum- Bashir down.
1: I can
3: honestly Busy say... Busy
1: stalking and
5: harassing everybody on sir. the ship.
1: I mean, that's just... That's just how the man goes about his business.
5: I would imagine Fallot Cot is looking for his own kind of justice now threatened to kill me what nothing just a passing thought
3: oh no he means it nothing i do seems to change his mind you've got to do something i'll do my job quark
5: yeah unfortunately
0: really heavy hand I
5: wish
1: he was dead
0: (laughs) I mean we all know how I really feel I'd like to see him killed
5: in theory it was a theory 30 years ago but with the development of neo analeptic transmitters it's not even that complicated it's just that no one's ever gone back to re-examine the ideas of Nathaniel Teros until now this could actually work she looks a little bit like Max headroom no more chair First
1: I wasn't buying it, then they cut back and I'm like, yeah, forehead. (laughs) I get it. I get it.
2: Have I done something wrong?
5: Not that I'm aware of. We have something in common. We do. I don't like Quark either. But I can't let you kill him. Kill him? Did he tell you I was going to do that? I know of your history together. Let bygones be bygones, I always say. And I always say, you can tell a man's intentions by the way he walks. What? you never said that. How do I walk? Like someone carrying a lot of weight on his shoulders. Must be the memory of those Romulan bricks I carried for eight years. Must be. But you can't lock a man up for the way he walks, can you?
0: This guy kind of falls into the quintessential space hugo's uh, situation. His head kind of looks mm-hmm. like a butt.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe this like isn't like his nose. It's a, it's a symbiotic creature mm. that latches onto his face like a face hugger from Alien, but a
5: pleasant one.
0: Makes him super strong and tall.
5: Yeah. The man with nothing to lose. As opposed to me. I have no reason to hold him for now, and he knows it. I'll watch him the best I can. But I suggest you carry a calm badge with you at all times. Call me at the first sign of trouble. I but keep it
0: inside my essence time. when need be.
5: You people sell pieces.
1: Unless I am a glass. Then we don't know where it goes.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, Julian.
5: The acetylcholine absorption is precisely at 14% above normal. Increased tensile strength would be the inevitable result.
2: Julian? I can lift my leg.
1: Your neural pathway is beginning to adapt. I'm like, couldn't you before?
0: I That's, guess you had that suit. It's easier. I mean, the, they the play suit. it almost at the beginning, like her, her toe is moving like that was the issue and then they remembered oh that's not the issue the issue is gravity <laughs> and so right. then it's oh I can lift my leg but even that as you point out it's like oh, she could have done that before
2: myself commander
0: maybe or she could she you only do that with the servos with the
1: exoskeleton yes but like she has so many things plugged into her in the sick bay. I don't know how much more freeing that would feel hmm. but whatever I get what they're going for
5: well you'll get your name in the medical journals for this one yeah I know right? Julian
2: <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. I'm not sure I can make it
5: Easy does it now. It's just the first day's treatment beginning to wear off. Thank you. Nothing to be concerned about. Look, I better get you back to your quarters. <laughs> I wanted to get a good night's rest. Tonight. The
0: process worked. <laughs> don't no I'm need to report it to any of the medical journals. <laughs> I'm definitely the smartest. Gotta go. I gave up tennis for this, you know? <laughs>
5: <laughs> With each progressive treatment, you should get stronger. And the effects should last longer.
2: What about this?
5: A low-grav environment now would really confuse your motor cortex.
2: I understand.
0: Believe me, I want to have more low-grav sex as much as anyone.
5: Julian. That wasn't sex, Julian. You let me fly for the first time. We just tumbled. (laughs) I let you
0: walk. I thought that's how low-gravity beings had sex.
1: Also, why do you have two legs and two arms and two (laughs) eyes and a nose like that? (laughs) Blah,
4: blah, blah.
2: Exactly. When does this become irreversible?
5: Melora, if you're not certain... No, I'm... Sure, it's just
2: some strange form of buyer's remorse. So I'll be fine. Tell me exactly
5: what you're feeling.
2: Last night, I just missed. <sighs> I didn't feel like me.
5: If you want to end your dependence on the chair and the servo controls. You're going to have to give up the low grav environment. You knew that that was the trade off.
2: And it seemed like a good trade. Until I realized I couldn't do it anymore.
5: Hang on.
1: What, why can't she go with low gravity
0: after this all is worked out? Well, this was a part that I wasn't quite clear on. If the, like, After she makes this adjustment, does that mean she can't return to her home world and be functional? I think that's what they're saying. So I but guess, it doesn't make
1: sense because if you can operate in Earth gravity, you can operate in
0: less gravity. The problem is going the other way. Well, I guess they're saying after this process, you can operate in less gravity. Although I agree with you, it should. There should be no reason why she couldn't. You would think maybe there's some. I don't know. But they don't say anything. But this is where they're they're dovetailing from something that seems like it. They're sort of a story about having having a disability and then they kind of are dovetailing it into this little mermaid thing about being who you are and this is why I'm, I'd be curious to hear someone with a disability have a take on this because I'm just like I don't know what, it seems like they're getting muddy about what they're trying to say um, if you have a second, uh, can we just pop back to 31 Ish for a second. Um, not sure.
2: What about this? I think
0: it was earlier. The th-
5: Grav environment now would really
0: earlier be earlier than this? 31? No. Oh, 31 it. flat.
4: I'd be damned.
2: I wanted can you go to go back you a, a second? It's not
4: worth
0: it anymore. <laughs> How's
5: the upgrade coming? We've been able to Francisco get it to about 70% of what we get with a standard EPS.
4: Before I realized
0: like it was the EPS, I thought he was asking about Malora, <laughs> And I was like, that is
4: cold. Refer oh, no. to that
0: as an upgrade.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is an upgrade, obviously, because uh-huh. humans can function in both environments. Well, that's
0: actually, that's a really good point. Um, and okay. then, is that the scene where Kira has her own li- only line, or is that later?
1: That's at the tractor
3: band. Okay. Sent my longtime business partner, Valet Cot, for your inspection. a troll exquisite
0: from the horror movie
3: then our transaction is complete not quite i'll be taking them too they warned me about you not true a deal is a deal rule of acquisition number 16 god you got what you came for (laughs) now let's be reasonable pick it up pick it up move
4: Mm-hmm.
0: is the alarm say there was a, there was phaser fire or what was it that it's telling them whatever you want it to say bud okay can you think of anything i think it's saying there's trouble over here there's trouble <laughs> over here there's trouble over here <laughs> that's, that's what the alert that goes
1: it's all just Dennis Nedry uh, uh, uh.
0: <laughs> You didn't say the magic word
5: <laughs> They're in the Orinoco. Docking Clubs have been released Thrusters engaged Ready a tractor beam Open a channel Open This is Commander Benjamin Sisko. That's one one, nine, one. 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 <laughs> No reply Two, engaged, two. The
2: They've locked onto us with a tractor beam
5: Open the channel to that commander of yours Release this ship or I'll kill a hostage. I'm willing to negotiate your freedom, but first release those... Didn't you hear what I just said? (laughs) No. I have something special in mind for you.
0: So, like, theoretically, he's using the same thing he just killed the other guy with, but she survives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because she's got the exoskeleton. Mm -hmm. So her handicap actually makes her can be capable.
0: Maybe she's all hollow inside, and that's the reason she was so light, and uh, and that's why she Could can't be. be harmed by a uh, by a phaser.
5: Beam us to the Rio Grande. Give us ten seconds, and then disengage the tractor beam.
2: Understood. Energizing.
0: Do you think in the uh, in the table read that Nana Visitor had so few lines that uh, that when it came to these lines, she was like really really leaning into it, and just like understood
4: energizing
0: i think she went through the script when she didn't see
1: any highlighted dialogue until the fifth act mm-hmm. she probably left the room for about a half hour then came back in and nailed it
0: like just like timed it out perfectly right just fucking pumped her like, fist and ran
1: like, out you don't
3: know these stuff later bitches that's what she said <laughs> With everyone else. Am I missing a choice here, Fallet? Be quiet, Quark.
1: <sighs> Never seen so many space people confused by
5: anti-gravity. They dropped out of warp. Or rather no gravity. Sir, the gravity generators are off. Milor is alive. Gravity's been reinstated. All engines are down. Come on, doctor.
0: Oh, the other thing that was said that to me was a nice little color that I was like, oh, interesting, is, I mean, I don't know, you could argue that maybe Dax is lying. But uh, he's like, just get us out of here. And he's like, if we don't get she says, if we don't set a course, we could warp ourselves into oblivion. And it's like, I've never heard that before. If we don't set a course, then it's just what, what does warp ourselves into oblivion mean? <laughs> Hit any number of things. Do you warp? Or br- I kind of got the sense that it was like you're protected. Are you avoiding everything in your path when you're going to warp?
1: Well, spaceships have a main deflector array that gets uh-huh. sort of all that all that other stuff out of the way while you're flying through.
0: Right, but you're navigating around things while you're. At yes. Yeah. yeah, you're not like flying through celestial bodies etc so is oblivion does she mean collide with something or does she mean we're gonna
1: she means if we don't set if we just hit go to warp now Uh in any direction you
0: could hit something
1: right it's called a holdo maneuver (laughs) one in a million
3: I think we have the situation in hand commander
5: Cisco to Rio Grande Everything's under control We're going home
3: Aye, Commander Setting course for the Warhol
0: Oh, the other thing that was said Is somebody asked O'Brien "Can I think Bashir asked O'Brien Can we beam them aboard at warp? And O'Brien just says I wouldn't recommend that But that suggests to me uh, That it is possible To beam aboard yeah, at warp Yeah, they've done it We've seen it in Star Trek before I don't remember that a lot of secundi questions and answers i love it
1: um i'm trying to think of scenarios where we've seen that beaming at warp anyway he doesn't say it's not possible he just says I don't recommend it. And I gotta assume that the transporters on the on the runabouts aren't aren't as powerful as the ones on starships or stations.
0: And whatever the case, if O'Brien is telling you don't transport in this situation, that is the person you want to listen to.
1: Yeah. I mean, but he's also the person who's like, well, if you can't get over that ledge, we'll I'll just beam you over that ledge.
0: <laughs> I think that's probably what was going on. He was like, We don't use enough of the transporters on this stupid station.
2: That's what I was
5: wondering. I could too. beam her to her quarters. <laughs> You know, it might make an interesting side effect to the treatment. It's worth exploring. Julian.
2: I'm not going ahead with the treatments.
5: Well, you can always try it again someday if you change your mind.
2: I don't think I will. I like being independent. To give up everything I am to walk up. On land. Well, I might be more independent, but I wouldn't be a patient anymore. The
0: anti-grav sex was great, and then the regular sex wasn't that great.
2: Besides, maybe independence isn't all it's cracked up to be. I kind of like how it feels to be dependent on someone. And (laughs) And I'm glad you got me to unlock the doors to my quarters so I could finally let someone into my life.
5: So am I.
1: But I can't be your patient anymore, Doctor. What? Um, I'm confused by the, the finality of this I'm
0: confused by it too She's saying I won't go through with the treatments And then it somehow Seems to follow for both of them Like oh well then we're not going to be together yeah. It's like she's already living a life Yeah Without the treatments I find, that, treatments very, I find in that very muddy Star Trek land so In Starfleet land So what's going on I don't know. Somebody better have an answer, because I don't know. I mean, this is why I say it's like, I think they raise some good issues with disabilities, but they don't seem to have a grasp on what it is they're landing on. It's kind. Of, it's like they raise the issues, and then they're like, eh, we're just telling a romance story. Right. And then forget about the other stuff. But also like, um, I don't know. But like, they really seem to like each other and get along and have chemistry. And they both like nacht. Is that what it was?
1: They do both like
3: gross Klingon food. Quark. And don't forget about (laughs) and more. What is non-MVC? Give me
1: that. Was my. Briefer version.
4: Oh, is it
0: Melora? She's the one who disarms the guy
1: and turns off the gravity.
0: That's true. And zooms so quick. And it's like Bashir's main thing is that he heals her, which is pretty fucking impressive. But then in the end, she's like, yeah, "I don't want that. Your treatment's gross."
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll give it to Melora. Sure, she's a member of
0: the crew in this episode, right?
1: Correct. She's oh, a stellar you. cartographer.
0: Good job, Malora. You are both the titular character and the MVC.
4: We sit and watch and then we hang and talk, but the podcast isn't over
3: just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get?
0: You can go first.
1: It's very middle of the road to me. I have a lot of questions, I have a lot of unanswered things. Like, honestly, in my. The science of it all is, like, a little, like, "Mm, really? In the sense of, like, I don't know why she would look like a human being if she grew up in no gravity. Why she's floating through the sky with her brother. Why she can't have the muscle strength to walk in normal Earth gravity and also go have a relaxing fun time at home with her no gravity. Um... So they uh, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't it didn't doesn't click for me on on a few different levels. Uh so I'll give it a, I give it a
0: 4. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I like I like the direction they're going in with the Bashir character of him being a little bit more chill and reasonable in romantic situations and uh and I like seeing him have a semi normal situation <laughs> putting aside the anti-gravity messing about, let's say, whatever level it was. Um, and I like the Malora character and the, what they were going after. But it does seem... And even the sort of quirk plot is kind of like doesn't really culminate very much. So I think I give it a four also. Because it's not... It's not a, it's not even a five. I wouldn't even say it's like... Right. Eh, all right. It's, it's like just below... Yeah. Really fun. Although I do like the scene where they're sort of doing cartwheels in the in the in the anti gravity room and all that stuff. That's really fun and bold for them to do. But that was about it.
1: Is your favorite scene in the movie Big when they use the trampoline to play basketball? No. Wow. Not a fan
0: of the movie Big. What? I know. I was weirded That's out. Out of control. Even as a as a younger person, I was weirded out by the kid stuff. <laughs> mm.
1: Penny Marshall, the late great.
4: You you
0: love you are a Penny Marshall I do, obsessive. I do
1: love I do love Penny Marshall.
0: There's an the angelic late great Penny Marshall. Angelic light beaming down on Matt right now. That's Penny. It might from be from heaven. Yeah, Penny from heaven. <laughs> It's Matt's new musical that he's working on.
4: (laughs) Ah, disengage.